find in the Word of God this morning. This scripture is probably preached in more churches than any other around revival time. And uh, each time we look at it, there seems to be something new that comes forth from God's Word as it speaks to our heart. Church, if there's ever a time when we need revival, it's in the day in which we live. Um, we need revival. Meaning that we have been revived before. But not just a revival of our church, but revival of the community. Amen. Revival of our state. Revival of this nation. You would be amazed at uh, when we talked with the Governor McMaster this past week. He asked for one thing as we prayed with him. He said, I have problems making right decisions sometimes. Please pray that God will give me the wisdom to do so. Amen. He has agreed that if we can, the legislature rather, the legislatures can put a bill across his desk that would stop dismemberment abortion, he would sign it. He has committed that if they could put a bill on his desk, he would sign it to stop hard liquor from eventually being sold in places like Walmart and CVS. He has also agreed to sign a bill, if we can get it to his desk, uh, to put stiffer penalties on human trafficking. And folks, you, you, you don't understand how big of a problem this is in America today. Uh, when an individual can buy a child and pimp her out, basically, or buy a child uh, to be cannibalized, uh, and think nothing of it. This is a wicked, wicked generation. Uh, things can change. Don't know if they will. <laughs> but um, Christian people have to stand up. Amen. For the word of God. For the worth of God. And the things of God. And one thing is Revival. One thing that people need in their hearts and their lives and in their homes is revival. Psalm chapter 85, I'll begin reading with verse 4. Let's stand together for the reading of God's word and prayer for the message. We come from this particular scripture a couple of times a year, usually trying to encourage people to pray for revival, trying to encourage people to desire revival in their heart, but not only amongst themselves, but within their families, within their homes, within other churches, and within the state that we live and the nation that we are, and ultimately the world that we are in. It is something that burdens my heart dearly. After we preached in a revival meeting this past Wednesday night, I had a young man to come to the door. I guess he was about 30 years old, uh, uh, maybe a little younger. He said, Preacher, I've never seen it like this. I said, what do you mean you've never seen? I've never seen people excited about God. Why are you so excited about God? I said, son, if you know where God has brought me from and where he's taken me to, you would be excited about God too. Yeah. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 84, 5, verse number 4, Turn us, O God of our salvation, and cause thine anger toward us to cease. Will thou be angry with us forever? Will thou draw out thine anger to all generations? Will thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. 
salvation. Father, as we come to you this morning, Lord, with humble hearts praying for revival, God, I pray that we'll take the words of the psalmist David as you have delivered them unto his conscience. Dear Lord, as he has penned the writing that you have given to him. Lord, may we be aware today that we need revival here in America. And God, may we be aware that it starts at the local New Testament church. And Lord, I pray in the lovely name of Jesus, you will help us to be what you would want us to be. Help us to be a light on a hill shining for your glory. God, help us to be the witness uh, uh, amongst our community of the state and this country and this world. Lord, may the mission, the great commission of you be spread throughout the world in which we live. And God will surely thank you, praise you, give you glory and honor for all that you do for us today. In Jesus' precious name we do humbly ask and pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated today. The return from captivity did not find the people as dedicated to the Lord as the psalmist David believed that they ought to be. And he's praying for a spiritual revival among the people who have returned. It's a prayer that would further and more complete the restoration of the people and to bring favor of God unto them that are truly serving Him. Folks, Believe it or not, there are some places uh, where you can't be ridiculed uh, for holding the Bible. There are some places that you can be ridiculed just by reading it, in other words. Uh, there are some places that you go uh, uh, that they look down upon you praying to the God of heaven. It is the time in which we live. Uh, we're living in terrible times. We're living in the last days. Uh, I do believe Jesus could come at any moment, uh, but I do believe we've been called upon to occupy until he comes uh, and that means uh, we should sit here and look toward him uh, we ought to worship him uh, we ought to praise him and expect his coming uh, I saw a video just last night of a Jamaican man he might have been in his uh, uh, mid 40's uh, he's standing on the subway uh, in New York City and he's on that train and he, you can picture that there's some that are sitting down there's some that's standing up and they're holding on to the rail or the strap that's up above their head he's standing there just like this with a black leather Bible in his hand and he's reading that Bible to himself he's not bothering anyone uh, he is not saying anything to anyone but just the testament uh, of his testimony giving out there of reading that Bible to himself bothered this lady of about 35 years of age she comes up to him uh, she gets all in his face she begins to tug on his arm she begins to push on his Bible he says ma'am I'm telling you you don't need to be touching me don't you're in my space I'm not bothering anybody I'm sitting here and I'm reading the word of God to myself and she continued on and on and on and on he had a whole lot more patience than I would have had with this particular individual but what happened then uh, really stirred my heart uh, what the scripture he was reading uh, he began to read out loud and step out from where he was uh, and began to speak uh, about what he was reading about sinners uh, 
uh, being on their way to a place called hell uh, and being in that lake of fire and the whole time as he stands out in the middle of that subway that lady is constantly in his ear yapping and snacking and whatever she's telling him you know uh, and she's trying to discourage him and disrupt uh, what he was doing at the beginning he wasn't bothering anybody but I guess he just felt an unction from the Holy One of Heaven if she's going to do that to me I'm just going to make it known to everybody what I'm saying uh, and she got louder and he got louder and the next thing you know he's singing victory in Jesus uh, and the whole crowd around him began singing and she's still in his ear uh, uh, yapping and uh, yapping and, and, and trying to disturb him uh, my friend we need people like that in America amen this man come from Jamaica and was there sharing the word of God uh, that wasn't his intention that day but he had an opportunity to step out on faith open up the word of God and share it with everyone that was present and when it got a little louder they just started singing the old hymns of Zion folks we need revival in America today uh, unlike ever before uh, we're living in terrible times uh, we're living in a time where the Bible says that we're living in la the last days uh, uh, perilous times will come uh, the Bible says people be lovers of themselves uh, they'll be covetous they'll be bolsters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful unholy without natural affection truth breakers false accusers incontinent uh, despisers of good uh, fierce traitors high minded lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God uh, having a form of godliness denying the power thereof listen there's a lot of people that rolled over this morning and said I can't believe I'm losing an hour of sleep so I won't go to the house of God I'm here to tell you if you're looking at the flames of hell you'll understand you need to be in God's house and you need Jesus as your savior and you need your family right and you need to be right by God because we could be standing before him before we leave this building today we need revival amen Number one, what is the process of revival? He says there in verse number four, to turn us, O God. You see, the psalmist prays that the people will in heart return to the Lord as the people physically have returned to the land. Idolatry had been a big problem which had led to their captivity originally. The people needed to fully return to Jehovah God in their hearts with idolatry being their biggest problem. It is a huge problem where we are at today. People put things in front of God that should not be there. Uh, Brother Joe Floyd, they'd rather have the possessions of this world uh, than to have the God of heaven. Uh, they'd rather have a fine home on the hill uh, and worship it uh, and that automobile uh, other than worshiping the God of heaven. Uh, they ought to, they, some people worship their spouse. Now listen, I'm all for loving one another as the Bible teaches us to do, but I'm also for putting Jesus first uh, in our lives uh, like the Bible intends it to be. Amen. I'm here to tell you, there's too many of these places that you can go uh, that somebody's just going to tickle your ears uh, and not tell you the truth of the gospel. You're not going to find revival, although there may be 30,000 people sitting in the arena. You're not going to have it there. One of those uh, so-called preachers that run some $30,000, or 30,000 people rather, they get a whole lot more than $30,000. 30,000 people who has written three or four huge books 
I've never read those books, have no desire to read those books, or how, can, how I can make my best day today, or whatever. But uh, I was just told the other day, and I believe it to be true for men that have dissected those books, they never mentioned the cross of Calvary one time. Now, what's wrong with that? Folks, he said, if I'd be lifted up, I'd draw all men unto me. Draw all men. If we're not trying to draw men to Christ today, what are we doing? Amen. We're living in a day that people are searching for something. And they're starving for something that will give them help. And they're finding help from the wrong places. They're finding help in a bottle of drugs. They're finding help in a left-handed cigarette, if you know what I'm saying. They're finding help in places that they don't need to be finding help. When they can find help in the Word of God. Where they can find help in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm here to tell you. When great revival comes, uh, the Savior will be honored. Uh, the sins of this world will be forsaken. Uh, and the sinners around us, some of them will be saved uh, from the fires of hell uh, and that place called the lake of fire. Uh, but look at number 2, uh, verse 4, 5, and 7. I do believe it is. It speaks of the pity uh, for revival. He says, Cause thine anger toward us to cease. Uh, will thou be angry with us forever? Show us thy mercy. Revival of any kind requires the pity of God to be upon his people. This means that God will cease being angry with us and show mercy to us all. If there's a day and age when we need the mercy of God, it's the day in which we live. I need his mercy each and every day. I need his grace to help me each and every day. But people are so rebellious and so many have turned away from God and so many have turned away from the church. I believe it's angered God. Judgment's upon us. Judgment is here. But I see the pity for revival. You see, when revival comes, you'll have the mercy of God. Last March, revival winds blew through this place. I seen some strange things. I seen some strange things happening on, going on. Amen. When God breathed on us. And folks it comes down to getting on our knees before God. And begging God to send it to us. It don't matter who's with us. It doesn't matter who's singing the songs. It doesn't matter who's preaching the message. It doesn't matter who's driving from long distances to be here. If God does not breathe on the people that are here. Then everything that we're doing is for naught today. I could be preaching this morning. I can preach again tonight. But if God doesn't help me do what I do. Then there's no need for me to even stand here. Because I can't surely do it on my own this morning. We are living in a wicked day. We're living in a wicked world. We're living where no one thinks that the Lord has any uh, a, a favor with them. They, they, they we're living, living in a world that uh, people do not have favor with the church because they think the church is there to hurt them. Let me tell you something that happened last Tuesday. Brian was there. He can attest to this. As we walked through that rotunda of the state house, they were having a, a, a news conference uh, uh, for Planned Parenthood. And one of their leaders was standing there and there was a, a group of people 
people uh, around her and they were uh, uh, cheering her on with whatever she was saying and, and, and she was basically lobbying against the parenthood bill or the, uh, or the dismemberment bill uh, that is going to be presented hopefully to the governor very soon. In other words, what this bill does is if there is an abortion that has to take place then it will prevent them from dismembering that child to get it done. It, that, that, that's just, you talk about cruel and unusual, huh? Uh, that doesn't even need to happen. And, and, and you know, it, 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 we, we've tried to wipe uh, abortion out completely. And Josh, you, 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 it seems like you never got enough votes to do it. And, and so what we, what we found out that seems to be working is you take a little bit at a time. And you take what you can get. And you continue to shorten that time frame out to where they can, you know, can only take those babies at certain, you know, whatever. You shorten it down. Try to make it better. Although it's all terrible and it's all bad. And when we walked in and they seen that on our name badges it had pastors on there. Uh, those uh, uh, people that were standing there in Planned Parenthood. They turned around and gave us hand signals. They turned around and cussed us. They turned around and was loud and obnoxious toward us. And we just kept walking. We didn't say anything. We just went over there beside them where they were. Uh, over toward the lieutenant governor's office. And we all bowed down on our knees and we began to pray. And all of a sudden all those cameras that was on Planned Parenthood uh, turned and went to those men of God that was praying in the rotunda. I'm here to tell you, listen, I felt a breeze from the Holy Ghost come through that place uh, because I knew that God put all that together. We had no clue of what was going to be going on when we had planned to visit with the governor. There's, we had no clue of what was going to take place. But God knew who was going to be there. God knew who was going to stand there. And God knew that he would ultimately get the praise and the glory from it all when those men and began to bow and we began to pray and we said Lord there's something that you can do that can stop all of this foolishness God there's something that you can do that'll stop these 6,000 murders a year right here in South Carolina and they do it legally revival will stop that <laughs> revival will change the hearts of people I'm here to tell you you can't convince me otherwise. Life begins at the point of conception. Amen. I'll stand on that until Jesus comes and gets me. Life begins at the point of conception. Amen. You ask Amy Bullock about babies that they have seen and they have found. Working with the coroner's office. You, you, you'll see how uh, young they are. Uh, at which you can see all the fingers and toes. And the development and know if they're male or female or not. At the point of conception, that heartbeat begins to beat. Amen. Folks, we've buried our head in the sand too long on these issues. And we need to stand up for what's right. It's ungodly. It's sinful. And my friend, if we want revival, we need to correct some things. Amen. We need to correct some things. Uh, what will happen when revival comes? Uh, there'll be a new devotion unto God. Uh, there'll be a desire in our hearts to please Him. Uh, and the decision will be made uh, to serve the Lord better. Uh, no matter what comes our way. The scripture tells us to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Uh, all ye land, serve the Lord with gladness. And come before His presence uh, with singing. Uh, I think the day uh, that we can start revival... Uh, in our churches uh, it can overflow into these communities people can get the help that they need uh, and my friend it all starts in the house of God uh, and it starts with you it starts with me yeah. praise God Amen. But 
then I see the passion for revival. The psalmist David is pouring his heart out in verse number 6. He says, will thou not revive us again? Folks, there'll never be revival in America until we have a passion for it. There'll never be a revival in our church until we have a passion for it. While it seems all people in the church would want revival, yet their actions indicate otherwise. It's an, as an example, many people put things before God. Huh? Many people don't have that passion. They've got a passion. You know, we got a passion for a ball game. we got a passion for our businesses. We've got a passion uh, for the things of this world. But what about having a passion for God? Having a passion for the church? Uh, having a passion for your children that's going to have to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior? Are they going to end up in a place called hell? I'm talking about a passion for them. Amen. We ought to want our children in the house of God. Because I'm here to tell you what they're learning out there. In this world, I can't even explain it. I've never seen the such. I, I don't even know what some of the words they use mean, and I've never heard of a lot of them. And I'm afraid to repeat them because I'm afraid I'll be cussing. <laughs> what is that? What did they just call me? Is that good or bad? That's the way you feel sometimes. Ask some of these kids that are in high school what they smell when they go by the bathroom. They've been smoking stuff, and it wasn't cigarettes. Ask these kids about some of the stuff that goes around in school. Ask those kids that survived all that down in Florida and that shooting that took place what goes on in schools. And folks, until we can send revival into these schools, our kids may be doomed. The only time that we get them is Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night if we're blessed. The world has them the rest of the time. I can preach to them. Our teachers and youth leaders can teach them and can do a wonderful job with that. But that's not enough time. They have to have God inside the home as well. They have to have God inside that home uh, uh, to where they'll know uh, that they can find the answers to life's most difficult situations. And they're going to be pressured to do things that they should not be doing. And they've got to be taught that. Pressured. Pressured from the outside. But we've got to have a passion for revival. Listen, it would not, listen, it would thrill my soul uh, to see uh, the house of God filled up uh, uh, starting next Sunday, starting tonight, whenever. And, 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 and God moves through this place with a white mighty wind from heaven. People in the house of God get help and they leave here and give somebody else the help that they need. Amen. If a church cancels Wednesday night and come over, some have done said they were going to do that and that's great. Hey, listen, if they can get something here that'll straighten out their mess or help them uh, serve God better than let it be. Uh, if, it's, if, if, if people bring their youth groups over Friday, like some of them say, if it can help some kids somewhere, then let it be. Uh, if we can help somebody, if you can get something this week uh, uh, in your heart uh, and spread it out amongst your people and your friends and your family to help them know more about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you, it'll be worth at all if just one gets saved just one the passion for revival we got to have a passion but you know when we have a passion for revival 
you, you may end up having revival longer than just a week. When you end up having a passion for revival, great things begin to happen. I see that praying in revival, number four this morning. He says, with thou not revive us again. This is a prayer. Revival will not occur apart from an increase in prayer amongst the saints of God. Praying and revival go hand in hand. Why do you have people that's going to be coming in from Kentucky just to sit in on a revival? Don't they have revivals in Kentucky? Yeah, they do. Seems like they get something special here. I can't tell you why. Seems like they get something good here. Do they not get nothing good there? Yes, they do. I'm sure they do. But folks, they get what they need and take it back and they spread it up that away. Or wherever they're coming from. The lack of genuine prayer in our churches today is indicative of the need for genuine revival. We need a real revival. Not just a, a, a set of services uh, um, that will uh, uh, thrill our hearts and help us to feel good. Uh, uh, but I'm talking about services uh, uh, that will change your life forever. Uh, uh, that will put a new fire deep down in your heart. Uh, listen, there, I remember times uh, when people used to come to an altar of prayer and was praying before the preacher even got done. The preacher would keep preaching. The altars would be filled. Uh, and listen, that's revival. I'm talking about revival in the hearts of the people that are helping us each and every day that we live. Then I see the people for revival. He says, revive us. You see, it was Israel, not the surrounding hostile nations that needed revival. It's God's people that need revival. The world needs evangelism. But before they get evangelized, God's people uh, must be revived spiritually themselves. Uh, I'm all for missions. I'm all for missionaries. Uh, I'm all for spreading it around the world. But may I say the largest mission field in the world is in our own backyard today. We shouldn't have to have people from Britain coming here to evangelize America. <laughs> we shouldn't have to have churches from uh, Japan coming to America to evangelize America. Why aren't we reaching people? Why aren't we the one that uh, takes this mission field right here at home and shares the gospel of Jesus Christ? And that leads me to number six, the product of revival. The, that thy people may rejoice in thee. This is a choice result of revival. There's not much rejoicing in the Lord of the things of the Lord today. People will rejoice over an election. They'll rejoice over, rejoice over a sporting event. But they can't rejoice over the Lord. To rejoice in thee means that we're devoted to the Lord. You love his word. And you rejoice in the spiritual more than the material. The real factors of being revived is this. There'll be a devotion unto God like you've never had. There'll be a desire in our hearts to please Him like you've never had. There'll be a decision to be made to serve Him better. Like you never have. So many people are quitting these days. From the pulpit to the pew. A lot of people get hurt in churches. 
That's not right. I can go ahead and tell you it's not right for people to get hurt in churches. A lot of people come to church. They're looking for healing. They're looking for help. I look at it as a hospital for those that need healing. That need help. That need spiritual help. But you know what? It don't have to be that way. Because once your heart gets revived, you can make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You can serve with gladness. And you can come before His presence with singing. He says that thy people may rejoice. It starts with the people that are in the pews. It doesn't start with the world. It starts with the people inside the pews. Are we, are you, where we need to be with God? Am I where I need to be with God today? Are you where you need to be with God today? For God to breathe through here and to breathe through your life and where revival will come? We as a church should desire a great move of God, not only amongst ourselves, but amongst everything and everybody that we deal with. Because people are still dying and going to hell. Why do you think so, preacher? Why do you think people need God? Why do you think we need revival? Because of the coldness of the churches, the condition of the world. And the curse that's awaiting sinners. Plain and simple. That young, man, uh, that young man Wednesday night continues to come to my mind. He says, I've never seen it like that. It is my desire that these kids in here today, whether they be young or old, when they grow up, to not have them to say, well, I remember how it used to be. And some of them that are growing up now will never, ever be in a true Holy Ghost God sent revival. And they'll be saying, we've never seen it like that. We've never had it like that. But when God moves upon His people and God's people are obedient and they begin to pray, things begin to happen in the lives of others for the positive. And revival begins to stir in their hearts. And instead of finding an excuse of why not to come to church, you find a reason to come. Amen. That's revival. <laughs> Some of y'all got a little quiet right there. When revival comes, you'll find excuses to be more loving and more giving and more obedient unto God than to find reasons not to. Is there a perfect church? I hope to tell you not. If you find one, tell me and you'll both go join it. You got a good church here. Amen. It's an awesome church. But we got to be obedient unto God. Amen. I want you to stand as they come get us a song of invitation. I hope revival will stir in your heart. I hope you will come to an altar of prayer this morning and just beg God to send revival. It starts next Sunday morning is when it's scheduled to start. But who's to say it won't start tonight or before this service is over? Are you ready? Where's your heart today? If your heart's not right with God, you can't do much praying other than asking Him for forgiveness. Won't you get your heart right with God by asking for that forgiveness? And then you can come pray for revival.
God will help you. Father, Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray, dear God, that you will help us to desire revival. Help us to desire the things of revival. Help us to be more determined and dedicated to serve thee, the most high and holy God. Lord, help us not to have uh, idols in the way, as did Israel here in the scripture. But God, may we put Jesus first. Lord, help us be what you'd want us to be. Help us to be a discerner of those that, that those things that are good and those things that are evil. Help us, dear God, to do what's right as we beg and plead with you this morning. May you send revival our way, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Search me. Oh, you pray. Oh, Seek revival today, knowing that your children's going to need revival, that your children's going to need salvation, that they're going to need Jesus. Seek revival. God's done it before, He can do it again. Search me, O oh God. Take all my will, my passion, self, and pride. I now surrender, Lord, in me. Thank you for being here this morning. I hope and pray you come back tonight as um, we'll meet for prayer room 545. And uh, we'll have worship at 6. And then afterwards, we'll have a meal sponsored by the youth and the ladies auxiliary. And I'm here to tell you, I'll be the first one to tell you, if you don't have a dime to drop in the pot, come get you a pot of food. Amen. And uh, 
would appreciate your presence. We appreciate you being here. Uh, let me do also mention that this coming Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. at the Grapevine in Spartanburg, we have a pastor's fellowship, but it's not limited to pastors and preachers. Anybody that would like to come can come. It's at 9 o'clock. Josh Kimbrell will be speaking with us uh, Tuesday morning. And uh, you come on by and be with us for breakfast if you would, okay? I'm sure you'll receive a blessing. Thank you so much. I hope your hearts and minds are clear. Hope you've done business with God and that you come back tonight. Josh, you lead us in prayer. Dismiss us tonight.